Hey, Jack Lewis Evans. Do you think we're going to make it to the studio on time? I'm not sure, Sean Morley. There's a lot of bloody cyclists and pedestrians between us and there. Yeah, you're right. It's not all bad. Look at how happy they are. Pedaling, playing with a stick. Get out of the way, arsehole! Jack, watch out. There's a zebra crossing. You've got to slow down for this steeple, Jack. Mate, this is a pelican. It's a pelican crossing. Pelican, you speed up. No, it's a zebra. Look, it's got the stripes. Jack, you have to slow down. I'm flooring it. Jack, no! He wasn't looking where he was going. Jack, you have summoned the filth. Ah, this is awful. Why couldn't we just take the recumbent bicycles like I suggested? We could go through the sewers in five minutes and we'll be there. Jack, Jack, are you listening? Calm down, man. This is fodding the vibe. Let's get some tunes on. Jack, look, if you would just it's listen good, to me for a moment, I would explain to you. barricaded the road. You have to admit now that this is a problem. I'm rerouting. Mate, this is not Green Hill Zone. We're zooming through a housing estate. You have got a terminal case of car brain. Gotta go fast. Look, you have all these roads for you to drive your car on. Is that not enough? Why do you need to go even faster? Well, we gotta get to the studio on time. We gotta go, go, go. What for? Why? Just to record the intro? All of this is so we can tell people they can support the podcast by visiting patreon.com slash mandatory redistribution party to unlock extra content and mini-episodes. Is that worth a steeple jack's life to you? You know what, I've heard that they're trying to put glue on all the roads to stop us going more than 15 minutes away from our houses. It's cheaper than walls. Jack, you on the vapes again. You smell like WKD. Right, get out then. Get out of the car. I'll see you in the studio when you get there it's 10 hours after me. Okay. Are you going to stop the car? No. Are you going to unlock the door? No. Then I'm stuck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I live in the Netherlands now. What? I live in the Netherlands oh, now. Wow. Right. Okay. I moved. Yeah. Is that all right? How's that? Yeah, it's going well. I've been here five months, I think. Wow, right. I mean, you already knew. Yeah, I, I told you a long time ago. Yeah, this is just a just setting up the episode yeah, and yeah. providing exposition. I thought the listener might not know, so I was acting as an avatar. Oh yeah, but then I thought it would stretch there. <laughs> disbelieved to think I've kept it from you for like half a year. Oh, you didn't so. want me to like, you didn't want to come across as a liar. I didn't want it to come yeah, across that we weren't close up. friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some kind of distant, just See, workplace relationship. We, we talk, I we are friends. funny that you wouldn't have told me and I wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> I'm just worried for friends. the people, the people where this is their first episode, they listen yeah, to maybe yeah. second, they're like, oh, these guys aren't very good friends. <laughs> Hey, why I was thinking they wouldn't keep listening. I think yeah. I think the fact that mm. we are we're good friends, we love each other, we've yeah. got a bond. <laughs> I think that's why people that's what people like. Yes. And that bond will be strained because I now live yeah. in the Netherlands. Mm. <laughs> You're far away. And I'm yeah. far away from you. It's it's, it's mm. mutual. Yeah, but it's my fault because I moved. Mm.
You stay so, the same. You can't be blamed. Netherlands, Holland, the Low Countries. Is the Low Countries? Yes. The Low Country or the Low Countries? Is that why it's the Netherlands? The Low Countries plural? is how it's translated. The ne- uh, Netherlands means Netherlands. Low Countries. Netherlands means uh, Low Country, and it, in Dutch, okay. Okay. it is Netherlands. Netherlands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very wet. Mm. If anyone is a potted guy to the Netherlands, water is word number one, and maybe mm. words one through five. Mm. It's very wet, lots of water everywhere. The sea is trying to reclaim it, and the sky is collaborating. The sky is like a spy for the sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not only looking in, it's like moving the sea in bit by bit, <laughs> stealth eviction. Because I thought it was all canals, right? The, the amount of water yeah, yeah, yeah. that had to be reclaimed from the sea became these canal channels. But there's just water that isn't a canal. Right. It's just collected in a place so right. that it's not a on ditch, the ground so that people can live on the ground. A lot of them look like ditches. They're called um, slopes or right. really sloten. Mm. We couldn't because a massive housing crisis here. So we came to Amsterdam mm. to find a place, did not find one, <laughs> and then just had to leave again. Um, <laughs> oh, and then oh returned God. to find the Queen had died. <laughs> That's really funny. It was really funny to leave the country to look for a place and then the Queen dies. And it was sort of surreal um, that obviously no one here is making a big deal of it. Mm. So you just know when you come home. Uh, and we were taking the Eurostar, so we were going to be in yeah. like London, St. Pancras, and that's where they were taking the coffin through. Oh. So it was going to go from like nothing to absolute bizarro world. Mm. Corpse worship. We couldn't see the place we're in now mm. before we came here. And when we got here, there's this massive stretch of water. It's like the length of an Olympic swimming pool. And I was like, what's that? Like, that's a slope. What does it do? It just, the water is just there. That's what it's doing. What it's doing is that the water is not where the houses should be. The low countries are so low that the sea wants it back, right? It all was sea. Yeah. The, uh, most of this place was under the ocean. Water world? Kind of. And it's, You've moved to let me tell world. you, they're yeah. very, very worried about climate change here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, so yeah, hugely yeah. It's important. A, uh, well, it literally, it's a pressing material issue for us all, but, like, knock a few notches up on that, right? Um, oh, God, let me see if I can find it. So, Are so they in the th- same... Are they as worried as, like, Micronesia? You know, the, the sort of Pacific Islands, which are literally sinking, like, their country is disappearing now. I mean, 100% not. Yeah. This is an ex-imperial power. It has <laughs> the money to just... It has billions sunk into flood defences. And, in fact... There was a thing where the UK government was asking about flood defences in Wales Mm. and they got some quotes for some Dutch companies that have done the flood protections on the capital city and so on. And they went, yeah, it'll be like a billion and so on. And the UK government went, no, (laughs) never mind. Just, uh, (laughs) Just let it sink. The UK government is, uh, their approach to floods is fucking unhinged. Like big concrete things for water to run off even faster, like cutting down trees so the water just rapidly sp- oh, it's, it's it wants the water to come God. down into Hebden Bridge like a gun <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the water is yeah. a big deal as a result I think there's way more green space a lot more grass nice. I think nice because I think it's all about drainage again it all comes back mm. to water mm. the idea of the, the the water reclamation the dredging the polders which is the name of the land that's been right reclaimed from the water all that stuff has been like mythologized into being like the reason for everything in dutch culture like uh, the reason dutch people are so blunt is because right. when you're dredging up the water you can't talk unclearly and you can't do niceties you gotta be like we gotta dredge this <laughs> the sea is coming the sea is coming there's no time to be like the british and say yes or we mean no just dredge <laughs> 
<laughs> and they also, there's something called the Polder model, mm. which is the Dutch model of consensus politics. Because during the um, mass unionization, the late 20th century, which the UK mm. solved with just outright violence, yeah. the Netherlands came to more compromised positions with the big union. Mm. And they're saying, oh, that's the Polder model, which is of consensus politics, which we can achieve because we all learned to be that way because we had to dredge the lands together. <laughs> Everything comes back to the water. Yeah. There's this. So Thatcher there's was this, triumphant because of the lack of dredge culture. Because there wasn't enough dredging, yeah. The country was so dry they could enact more violence on the working class. Makes sense. Uh, as a result, I now see more herons than pigeons on an average day. So are herons like hanging out in large groups? Herons don't hang out in large groups. Yeah, Geese was, do. Yeah. So geese on the pavement is like a new phenomenon to deal with regularly. And geese at night going mad mm, is right, uh, yeah. a new issue. Uh, mosquitoes all year long because of so much freestanding water. Mosquitoes in winter was oh, a fascinating new winter discovery. Mozzies. Winter mozzies. That's where they've go. That's where they vanished to. It's the Netherlands. Yeah. I don't think they migrate. <laughs> They're off across the channel. I like, the idea, I like the idea that they do. Yeah, there's a massive cloud of mozzies. They go with mm -hmm. the geese. There's the geese and then there's mozzies. Yeah. Shh. One big sphere all together. <laughs> it looks like a bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? What's that orb? Oh, it's oh, a mozzie no. ball. There goes my blood. Yeah, it's very flat. Everyone cycles. They've got a racist Father Christmas tradition. Oh, yes. Where he's kind of got an indentured slaves type character. Mm, okay. And is that because of dredge culture? That, I, I have not yet been able to find the connection between that and dredge culture. I think that might actually have its roots in European imperialism. Yes, that makes more sense. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. But they like talking more about the water mm. and the funny little canals, but they did... Um, so as a result, no Indian food here, because the... The, the, the British Raj was the, the British Imperial. What's the good food? It's, it, it, Indonesia was the colony here. Ah. So it's yes, Indonesian it food. And Indonesia's, it's been interesting learning about what modern day Indonesia is like, because mm. that's more of interest to Dutch liberals. Mm. To be like, oh, we ravaged Indonesia, so let's do tokenistic yeah, yeah, yeah. things while also setting up. Big businesses in Indonesia, of course, the profits come back to the Netherlands. You know, it's, it's exactly it's the same a thing. It's European power, yeah. It's just interesting seeing it. It's, it's the stuff that I know from home, but the names have changed, you know. Mm. Apparently one of the things they did was they actually tried to do canals in Indonesia and, like, cut these similar tunnels through, like, Jakarta and places like that. But obviously this is a tropical country. <laughs> so those canals have become worse than mosquitoes, just breeding grounds for mm. stuff and anything that dies in there or falls in there it just creates way more rot and pollution so it just destroyed yeah, some of these cities yeah horrible stuff i think it's a lot harder to uncanal yeah, than yeah. it is to canal so i mean a big part of it is that i think where i live now is much closer to a seat of imperial power than like the post-industrial north of england which is sort of forgotten about mm by the centralised capital of the UK. Now I live in the wider metropolitan area of Amsterdam. Right. So I am the beneficiary yeah, <laughs> of time. regional inequality yeah. rather than um, living in the forgotten wastelands. You may as well um, have moved to London. Well, I don't think but with so. better cycle facilities. I was going to say, because I've been to London plenty and this actually does seem nicer than that. Like, I remember, because I've already travelled back to London and back. Uh, and so I had the experience... Well, yeah, I had the experience of like taking transport to the 
airport mm. and then airport transport to London and then travelling through London to my destination. And so it does feel to a large degree, London doesn't actually care a lot about London either. <laughs> <laughs> so the, th- the thing that I can experience the most clearly is an outsider. Mm. You know, what, what do I know? My Dutch isn't very good. I don't know a tremendous amount of people. Yeah. I, I, I still look around at stuff with the same context-free empty empty eyed glassy stare of a tourist mm. I don't really know the context of anything I look at I guess a nice windmill and so on but the one thing you can notice really easily is how places are laid out and how you can get from one place to another is so markedly different to anything I've been used to I feel like I can get anywhere else quite easily that sounds and nice that sounds good it is the, the country is very small and within that it's got a much more robust transport infrastructure than it needs to and it's continually reinvesting it the sheer amount of money that goes into imagine, imagine more cycling infrastructure they're just spending like another 10 million euros of like amsterdam public transport given that the transport is very good and relatively mm. cheap i don't think you could really meaningfully have a long distance relationship within the netherlands what because i don't think anyone could be far enough away what's like a travel distance travel time oh you can drive basically anywhere to anyone else in like three or four hours it's just not very big it's just i've got a lot of landmass give me public transport oh you don't want to hear this this will make you i upset. do i want, to, I, want to, I want to be sad and angry please let me actually pull oh, up. let's get empirical People have asked me this on Twitter. It's the one thing people want to know. They want to hear about the trains, and I'm like, this will upset you. And then I tell them, and they go, I'm upset. Go, well, don't, don't shoot the messenger. The messenger no, is no, actively no. trying to withhold information. Come on, put um, the travel revolver to my forehead and pull the trigger. If I wanted to go to Brussels, that would be 35 euros. But uh, let's say I wanted to go to Berlin, which is about right. twice the distance Mm-hmm. from Manchester to London. So that will be a journey you're familiar with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I went to go to Berlin, that's 55 euros. I feel sick. <laughs> Can I tell you the kicker to that information? Those are the first class prices. There is a massive housing crisis here, and that has led to a big homelessness crisis. Mm. But just through my travels, rough sleeping either is incredibly well hidden or is much lower. Mm. The sheer amount of visible rough sleeping that is going on in the UK increased so much over the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah. And so here it's kind of striking being in a capital city and I'm not seeing sleeping bags in doorways. I'm not seeing signs of people sleeping outdoors. Mm. I'm sure there it means there's oh, there some centres, yeah, yeah. there's places, yeah. there's, there's somewhere. But compare that to just these people have been left on the streets. Overall, it sounds good. I think definitely don't want to like fetishize any kind of milk toast social European style social democracy. Oh yeah, but like fucking yeah, exactly. Milk toast European style social democracy is still fucking capitalism, and you're still, as you say, in the imperial core. Yes, hundred percent. There's no denying any of that, um, and any of these, a lot of these social policies will be possible because of that, like imperial legacy and imperial present but it's still better than it's still better yeah so i have this kind of back and forth talking to dutch people where i'm saying look this element of your country is so much nicer and this thing's so much nicer and they're like yeah we have real problems here and i'm like yeah you do have real problems here let me just and i just tell them some things about the uk I often go with water stuff because yeah, shit so getting dumped into rivers. That it's an yeah. easy one for them to understand. There's literally, I don't think they knew mm. that we actually put human excrement sewage, in yeah. rivers, and there are no rivers in the UK currently that receive a clean bill of health. There are no mm. clean rivers. 
in the UK. Most unclean water in Europe, right? Or if not, we're second to Poland, maybe. Mm. But definitely, like, it's bad. I'm always worried I'm going to say something that's based on a very provisional understanding and then later on realise this is nonsense. But it's fine. We're not doing an empirical study here. We're talking about your personal experience. We are. We're looking at just it. Yeah. one guy with a limited understanding looking at an entire country through a single cardboard uh, yeah. tube yes. and going, this is what I've happened to have seen. Yeah, yeah. The thing that is most interesting is just the design and layout of urban life here mm, compared mm. to, I mean, the bikes thing is so huge. Travelable city is clearly intensely I important. I hate riding around here. It's hot. Even when they make these multi-million pound cycle lanes, they are built in such a way in the UK that it's like, oh, here's sort of 60 metres of cycle path but it is still beside a road that cars will randomly park in and it will also just end. <laughs> oh, and it will continue, but it will continue into a bin. It will continue <laughs> into a lamppost. It will, it will continue, like the lines will continue, but there is a bus stop there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had, I, I tried biking in Sheffield for a while and I just had too many positions where I was like, oh, that's dangerous. I'm just going to go onto the pavement. And then on the mm. pavement, someone's like, what are you doing on the pavement? I'm yeah, like, it's not safe for pedestrians. I was, yeah. I was dan in danger. I've moved uh, over here yeah. and now. Uh. Yeah. And here, bike culture has not only just become prominent, but it's also like evolved. Mm. Do you know, like the idea of a soccer mom? Yes. There's something that's equivalent in the Netherlands, which is a, um, a boxfietsmoeder, mm. which is... Um, uh, there's a kind of bike that has a big box on it that you could put a child in. Right. And that's like the soccer mom here is that they have the certain kind of bike to pick up their kids in. Like a sidecar, or is it? Where, where is the box? No, it goes in front. It goes in, oh, front. Goes in front. Right, cool. Yeah. Um, one thing they say is that uh, riding in the back of a car actually sucks for a kid. They're not tall enough to see anything and they don't see <laughs> their local environment. Yeah, yeah. But being at the front of a bike with an, an unobstructed view wow, of where the yeah. bike is going... Whew, it's fun. It's, totally it's actually quite experience. nice. Yeah. yeah. The, the largest amount of children I've seen being transported by one bike is, I believe, eight. Fuck. <laughs> they had something that was a bit like a horse box <laughs> attached to the front of a bike, and there was loads of children crammed in. That must be hard to ride. Think of the weight distribution. I think box feet, which so is just a box bike, um, yeah. they are normally, like, got a bit of electricity powering as well so that electricity assisted yeah, souped up yeah nitrous they can do loop-de-loops hyper mode whatever you want <laughs> they can go full wacky races if you've got the right gears installed tony hawk's pro childcare. that would be good <laughs> baby on a half pipe what's the best thing within 15 minutes of you Ooh, it's just probably one of the polders i just really mm. like these i don't 100 percent know the status of them but i think you can't build on them so they're just wetlands Mm. It's just for geese to lay eggs in. I love that stuff. I love a thing that you just cannot do anything with, but it's right next to everyone's houses and we mm. can just go and look at it. Class. I love that shit. I got a good wind turbine, a little turbine. Oh, that's nice. And I like to look at it and imagine on the upsweep as it swings around. It's, a, it's, a, it's, got, two, um, it's got two blades rather, rather than a three blade. It's a two blade. And I like to imagine if I myself or a football or something was hit on the upsweep, how high and far it would go. Oh, that's nice. Mm. It's, ju it's just nice to imagine things, isn't it? It's nice to imagine things. In what the if world. this hit that? What would happen? What yeah. happen if this fell over? Yeah, yeah. It's great. This is, this is the good <laughs> stuff. It's like YouTube in your own head. It's just bite-sized, yeah. semi-pointless, yeah. keeps you going. Mando's recommends 
thoughts. Well, not just thoughts. I'm actually, I'd say, <laughs> no, I'm actually not a thought, <laughs> just imagining. <laughs> Most thoughts, actually. Yes, a lot of thoughts suck. are bad. Yes, that's true. But the thing that gets me about these little artifacts that get scattered in urban areas is that mm. because urbanism is becoming completely normalised and... What, I don't know what the stats say, but like urbanism is massively going up. Lots of soon, people live like, in cities, yes. Well, most people in the world, I think, live in cities, and that figure is going to go up to like seventy percent of the world population Again, will live this in is cities. People, the anti-towns agenda, hundred percent. Because if you want a lot of economic activity going on, if you want a lot of people doing a lot of stuff in a place, mm. it makes a lot of sense to put them all in the same place you can maximize efficiency you can lower energy wastage and also it keeps the environment more safe mm. because you're not casting a lot of your roads down it you're not you're not having to build all over and use up all of the space if you concentrate the locations where everyone lives the early soviets tried to avoid this you know they i didn't know they never implemented it, it was one of the guys like pre-stalin that got purged but they wanted to um, not have cities where everything was, but try to have like, you know, you have like one big industry, put that around and then build kind of a, a small city around it. But in order to have much more green space, mm. it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think the delineation between the urban and then the countryside is itself sort of a problematic thing, isn't it? Anyway, that's a side point. That's, I've, I've instantly No, it's interesting. Yeah. Like you can go into this heavy, overplanned, artificial towns, mm. and they often don't work, right? That they're completely yeah. planned from scratch towns. When they do work, it's because the government just forced people to live in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they yeah. never got rid of it. They're never considered like beautiful or successful on their own. But um, what you have here in the Netherlands, I think, is because you have lots of places you cannot build on because of mm. water and because mm. of dredging. And also, because there are so many waterways, it's very hard to build routes and paths, especially for cars, because you'd have to build a lot of overwater bridges. So it's far easier to make walking paths, it's far easier to make cycling paths. That plus the flatness of the country means there's a different philosophy to a joined-up way of moving around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not just your local area, but even just even a wider span. Um, and because there's a huge housing crisis here, lots of people have come to move here, including myself, mm. Housing density is uh, very dense. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, lots of people live in flats. Lots of people live in apartments. You need very good thoroughfares for people to move around. And this isn't cars. When you have a lot of people in one area, cars don't make sense so much for cities. No, it's they take make up loads more of space. They use up loads of space, mm. and also they just they cause traffic amongst themselves, and they make it harder for pedestrians and people trying to use mm. the other methods of moving around to get their stuff done. Well, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Because a lot of the car discourse is based around inconvenience of like, um, oh, if you did this, if you regulate this or restrict cars in this way, it's going to be inconvenient for car users. But the way cities are designed for cars inconveniences everyone else. Like yeah. it's a, it's a, it's that thing of like, uh, you know, in COVID where people were like, close, where are we closing a road? And it's like, well, you're closing a road to cars. You're opening it for everything else it can be used for. Yeah. 100%. The cheapest way that people are trying to do public transport is mm. by running buses along the same yeah, arteries yeah. that the car uses. But the buses will never defeat cars with mass adoption as long as buses just get caught in the same mm. traffic. Yeah, so yeah. they're no better than a car. They cannot arrive anywhere faster. They're slower always because you're stopping at other people's stops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the bus will never be mass adopted as an alternative to the car. 
and the things that you would have to build instead will necessarily disrupt cars because there'll be trams that mm. run over the same roadways. Water slides. Water slides, cannons, teleportation. Uh, yeah. the These are the things the car people don't yeah. want you to know about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's even just staying at home and imagining you've arrived at your destination. <laughs> it's very effective. The UK tends not to regenerate very much. No, it There's only too much old shit. Yeah, there's just loads of things falling apart. The degree to which I see construction happening here is mm. quite surprising. There's always something being built or fixed. Could be to do with bloody water again. But in, it reminds me of the UK. There's just so much that's just fucked and broken and... <laughs> That you know, you just live in these cities that make sense for like horse and cart going to the mill, yeah, coming back to my terrace horses. house. Right, that's right. <laughs> they, do. <laughs> they do make sense for horses, but I'm not a horse. No, you're see. not a horse, not yet. I don't have one. Don't even have access to one. I might have access to one, but I won't yeah, be allowed to ride it or take yeah, it or touch yeah. it or even probably not allowed to look at it. Yeah. Um, I, I like to think about this of like, what is a street for? On the one hand, like, it's like, oh, it's for getting to, from A to B. Is is what a lot of most people's, if you think of a street, they, they think, oh, it's, it's like a means of transport. So even even if they're not thinking about cars, which is the main means of transport of getting to A to B, they think, oh, it's for public transport or bikes or walking along. But like a street can be for much more than that. Like streets are like most of the public space <laughs> that we yeah. have. Um, so we should really think about what they're for and many more things can be done with them than them just being a means of transport. Like they are where children play. They could be very similar to a park and it could be a place that you hang out. It could be a place you ride your BMX and do tricks. Duels, you could have a duel on the road. You could have a duel in them, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Not everything has to be a game of Frogger. You could have danger from other pedestrians. That's <laughs> yeah. what I want. That's my utopia. <laughs> What does my head in about, like, not only does it just the noise and obviously the cars mm. run into our soft bodies and we die, which I'd say is probably the biggest arguments against them. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the worst things a car can do is Murder make contact machines. with me at speed. Yeah, Fucking SUVs where people can't even see. Terrifying. The only place where cars aren't bothering you mm. is inside a car. Right, it's the only place yeah. you're not hearing the noise. It's the only place where you're not having to watch out for them. And they're about, or they're also about isolating you from the world. They're about isolating you, and that's why cars do like give you neoliberalism, hyper-individualized brain rot because once you're in a car, everyone else is the enemy. Yeah. Like cyclists are Satan. People trying to cross a street, bad. They're like Also other cars, they are a consumer product and they are very, very expensive. And they are, the car companies make most of their money from just debt, you know, from credit, from lending to people to be able to afford these things. So it's, it's all mixed up with capital in that way, but it's also mixed up with capital in the sense that cars are a factory for, I think cars make you right wing. <laughs> oh, 100%. The deep ideology of simply being in a car mm, mm. cannot be overstated. Yeah. Like, we must have all been on journeys with people who behind the steering wheel, they look out at the world with such critical eyes. They're always mm. like, not only do they hate the other road users, but like, it's like um, they're like goggle boxing the world and they hate everything. Yeah, something yeah. about the fact that they're in the car yeah. <laughs> and it, it externalizes the world because you're inside something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, hate, you hate this guy because he's carrying a unicycle. You hate this teenager because <laughs> they've got a coffee. You hate this new estate because you think people different to you live in there. You hate the primary school because they're teaching them all how to be drag queens. You hate <laughs> Mackie's because one time you got a Happy Meal and it didn't have any gherkins on it. <laughs> 
You're in the car, you're in control. Yeah. Ever, and then you're, but you're not in control because you're often in traffic, which is comprised of you and other people like you. No, no, no. The traffic is everyone else. I'm not oh, the yeah, traffic. Oh, yeah, but in your... Yeah, you, they don't, you don't see that, but you are. Yeah. And then weird stuff as well, like um, people get irritated by like a pedestrian crossing because in their head, they're like, oh, this is an inconvenience that exists. Like, look at this person who's pressed this button to make the car stop. That pedestrian crossing isn't there for the pedestrians. It's there for you as a car to funnel people into this mm. one place so you don't have to be worrying about it. The pedestrian crossing, even though we're calling it pedestrian crossing, is something built and designed to make the roads better for cars, not people. Yeah, but the idea that it's for the pedestrian, you know, there's there's so much about all these crossings and stuff mm. where they're not pedestrian friendly in the first place. Even where mm. I grew up in Birmingham, I had to get, there's this massive, the, the Coventry Road goes from middle of Birmingham out, out to Coventry. Yeah. And I had to cross that all the time. And it is two lanes on either side, cars going very fast. And as a child, going across that, mm. when you know the speed of the car, is terrifying. And my, 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 my mom got hit by a car on that road when she oh, was a child. God. Oh, and then God. I risked it regularly as an adult. Yeah, she got knocked completely off her feet and actually had um, amnesia. Mm. When the police found her, when the paramedics came to her, she didn't know who she was, where she lived. So very hard to... Uh, Fucking hell. Yeah. So I'm on this road being like, this road nearly killed my mum. And I've got to cross it all the time. Mm. And like, that's what it is when you're a child. You've got all these veins going through a city, which are, every place in a city has been designed to get from A to B. And there isn't a place where it's just pleasant to exist. There's no place to arrive at. It's all been about getting somewhere else. It's, well, it's all been about, and it's all been about cars, but it's not cars because cars is, a, is capital, right? It's a, it's a consumer culture. The automobile industry has been like a massive part of capitalism, not just in the consumption of cars, but in the manufacture of cars. Cars in the automotive industry and then the oil industry, which is obviously part of, the, part of this whole machine, they're this sort of toxic nexus. So they've got lots and lots of money and then that enables them to pressure states to help them. And that's where, you know, the, the idea of uh, changing cities and changing urban planning to de-emphasise the car of, you know, 15-minute cities and stuff like that, the resistance to this comes from the automotive lobby of that faction of capital. It would not surprise me if GB News was getting a shitload of... It probably has adverts for cars because loads of the adverts in general are for cars. Um, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if they're getting a load of money from oil companies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's all a big circle. 15-minute cities or smart cities. Sounds great in theory, doesn't it? Everything you want or need, just a 15-minute walk or bike ride away. Let's look a little closer. What is 15-minute city? I hear you wondering, right? This is literally something straight out of a fucking dystopian movie plot, yeah? They're going to divide cities and they're experimenting with this in Oxford right now. Go on the government website, give it a little Google, have a look. This is real fucking life. I'm not chatting shit. I'm not waffling. This is all literally being done right in front of your fucking eyes right now. You don't even know what's happening, right? And it's basically to reduce the carbon footprint and emissions and everything you need will have to be within 15 minutes of your house. And if you go outside this area, you'll be fined. So I didn't know the UK was turning into the fucking Hunger Games and district to district travel will not be allowed and it will be one district against the next and it's going to be a fucking war zone. I mentioned Hunger Games, only slightly tongue-in-cheek. Have you seen what's happening in Oxford, England right now? People are rioting because a smart city was imposed on them despite the majority voting against it. Each resident will be fined for driving their normal route during peak hours. 
If they want to cross without a fine, then they have to take a ring road, which ends up being worse for carbon emissions, not better. When you're locked into these neighbourhoods and you're only allowed within 15 minutes of your home address, the way that they're going to and are already controlling the conversation, and think back to COVID, think back to COVID, think back to COVID, they're creating fact checkers. They're going to try to keep you within a 15-minute radius of your home, and they're starting to do that in places. Yeah, that's All a, of it's real. It's and happening. in China, the social credit score system is 100% real and implemented. I wonder what our obligation is. And the World Economic Forum calls them smart cities, which seems great. Progressive urban designers. Your family will eat zero amounts of meat and zero amounts of dairy. Each person will be restricted to 2,500 calories a day. What? Each family member will only receive three new items of clothing per year. This is on the World Economic Site. There will be zero privately owned vehicles. I gotta tell you, this is the scariest stuff I have ever written. I mean, Utopians in 1984, that stuff couldn't be done 20 years ago. This is George Orwell on steroids. They don't want us using cars. They've told us this. They want us to sell our cars. They want us to use our bikes. They want us to be in 15-minute cities, as they're called, where we just walk everywhere. We don't drive anywhere. We don't drive 45 minutes or beyond 15 minutes to see family and friends. We stop using fossil fuels, hydrocarbons, etc. We turn to wind and solar, and we work from home. And we use digital currency so they can track and watch everything that we do. That's what they want. I've given you all the absolute zero document, and I I hope you'll you'll read it because that coloured bit shows you what is to be achieved by 2030, and that means no flying out of U the UK, no ships out of the UK, um, no cars at all, um, and no um, you know all wood burners to be ripped out of every home and every gas appliance to be ripped out of every home by 2025. Now that is a government document. But what we're already seeing in Oxford with the traffic time distance tracking that they're doing is people changing their behavior and that's the significant point that everybody's not paying attention to they haven't even rolled it out fully and people are changing their behavior i know i said i was going to do less of this content but i can't fucking stop because you need to hear the message I put up with a 15-minute city. I'm not going to go along with a digital ID. I'm not going to let them monitor my so-called carbon footprint. Just about to head out and get a train, because I'm just so, you know, environmentally eco-yard friendly, to join, hopefully, the thousands of other British people headed to Oxford to protest against the enforced 15-minute city plan that's going to be put onto Oxford. And you're going to have to apply a fucking permit, right? A permit to leave your zone, right? I mean, if you want to go up to fucking Scotland to, vi to visit Auntie Susie, oh, you need a permit to do that. You can't drive too far away because climate change is happening. Right? You want to go down south and visit the fucking beach in Brighton for a day? Guess what, mate? You can't do it unless you've got a fucking permit. You're not allowed outside your fucking zone unless you've got a permit. What the fuck? <laughs> what? Right, 15 minute cities, let's talk about it some more because I've got hundreds of comments and DMs and angry people telling me that I'm some misinformation spreading conspiracy theorist. And let me just clarify something for you because although I was a bit wrong, you were also a bit wrong. They're not, um, the, the permit thing only applies to people who drive cars, right? 
So again, I was kind of wrong, but you guys are not also entirely right because the permits are going to be a thing, but only to people who go brum brum in their little cars, right? You can still get public transport, you can still walk, you can still cycle because basically the whole point about a 15 minute sitting is to reduce carbon emissions. Yeah, is this 15 minute city project actually? If you're going to charge people for walking across the street? I know it's supposed to be for driving, but what's to stop it from being walking? You must now learn to stand on your rights because they are being infringed upon. And if you think that this city is a good idea, I want you to take me by the hand because I will lead you through the streets of Africa where the 15-minute cities were known as townships. And we are not taking your townships. We are free people. We have fought governments for understanding. And we are taking back our streets. Will the leader please set aside some time in this house for a debate on the international socialist concept of so-called 15-minute cities and 20-minute neighbourhoods? Ultra-low emission zones in their present form do untold economic damage to any city. However, the second step after these zones will take away personal freedoms as well. Sheffield is already on this journey and I do not want Doncaster, which is also a Labour-run socialist council, to do the same. Low emission zones cost the taxpayer money, simple as. However, 15-minute cities will cost us our personal freedom and that cannot be right. How dare you steal my childhood and my future, and the future of all children by enslaving us in your crazy digital surveillance prison. We all know where this is leading. These are the first steps of a dystopian reality called 15 minute neighborhoods. They believe they are better than us and masters over us. And until this problem is effectively dealt with, the tyranny will continue. Thank you. Sean. Hello. Sean Molly. Hello. What's your experience of horses? I haven't had a lot of hands-on experiences of horses. Mm. I, I'm still enough of a city boy that when I see a horse, I invariably go... Horse can be in a city. Mm, yeah. Normally, like, to police to police <laughs> yeah. something, right? Yeah, the most likely horse you will see in a city is yeah. a cop. Exactly. So when I've seen that kind of a horse, I'm normally on the other team. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not trying to be that close to the horse. I'm just enough of a city boy that when I see... A horse, I go, bloody hell, that's quite big, isn't it? They are big, yeah. Horses They're quite big. Big animal. Why, why do I always underestimate the size of a horse and overestimate the size of a mole? Oh, how big do you think a mole is? I always think a mole would be the size of my fist, but it's really... Little. It's more like um, half a pencil. Mm. Yeah, mad, isn't it? We've just got these, uh, I think cartoons probably did all that. Bad proportions. <laughs> It's Animals hard to draw a horse. Wood. Isn't that a famous thing? Hard to draw a horse. Animals are farther than wood. I'll tell you what, if we're talking about urban planning, I'll tell you what's not a good plan. Pouring liquid concrete onto a forest that you've done no prep work to. Surely you want to dig up some of the trees, get the roots. There's going to be some, there's some streams and stuff that mm. the owls drink from. It's going to be, I'm not going to want to live there. Terrible. It's Absolutely going to be a sinkhole. Fucked. Yeah. What yeah. were they doing? Were they just yeah. trying to get rid of the animals? Imagine it's you're the person that gets a mortgage on one of the houses in this new build mm. and it's completely subsiding into the mud and there's an adder who hates you and a fox who's conspiring against you, a kestrel that's dive-bombing the window. 
<laughs> but you can't get out, right? Once you've signed, you just can't get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, negative equity. There's I mean, negative equity. <laughs> and there is an adder whispering to me when I'm asleep. <laughs> Problems just compound. But my point is, replace all cars. If you, if you really want a car with a horse, mm-hmm. bring back horses. Are we going to have to bring back cobbles? Because I hate cobbles. No, I don't. I don't think cobbles are related to horses. I don't think they're for horses. I think they're just the, the road technology that was there at the time. I think a horse can go on pretty much anything. I just thought the cobbles were for horses. You're just, just saying we couldn't. Why did you think that? Well, because didn't the Romans build like some sick ass roads? Well, yes, that was, then... the, that was the. If they had tarmac, they'd have tarmacked it. They actually had concrete. Roman concrete is in many ways more advanced than. Uh, but they discovered concrete. this this year, didn't they? Discovered mm. that Roman concrete mm. can heal itself. It's yes. like Wolverine, yeah, yeah. an aqueduct <laughs> that's like Wolverine. And then here we are walking around with the cobbles, twisting mm. our ankle every few feet. Mm. And someone, probably someone from Big Cobblestones, going, "Oh, it's for the horses. It's for the horses." Who's, who's ever said that? It's for the horses. Um, who's just a little it's for the horses. Isn't it just old cobbles? Is just, just an old road technique. <laughs> they say it's for the horses. All the shoe shines are saying that to me. Oh, Mister, it's for the horses. <laughs> I thought your shoes were shiny. Oh, yeah, they're gleaming. Yeah, <laughs> they catch, they yeah. catch the sun. I can absolutely daze someone. Yeah, causing accidents. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm thinking because be- uh, there's things, you know, like these like piecemeal um, government actions to try to reduce car ownership where they're like uh, a low emission zone or we're going to stop selling this kind of car. It's like, well, you still mm-hmm. want to sell stuff. It's all just a subsidy. You're saying, oh, well, this person can't use their diesel car. Really what you're doing is the state, is given a subsidy and an incentive to, for you to purchase a new product, a different kind of car. How helpful is that? What we should really incentivize is return to horse. The return to the horse. What would you say would be the advantage of the horse? How do you sell the horse to people? What's the disadvantage? Think of a single disadvantage. Massive dollops of shit. Yep, great. Fertiliser. <laughs> Not for the concrete. You don't want just tomato plants growing between the cracks in the motorway. Dobbs, people can scoop it. It's just created an employment Yeah, scheme. you're right. I think there's already more... Isn't there already um, an employment crisis that's going the other way? There aren't enough people to fulfil... Ah, need more people to enter the workforce than currently Yeah, can. but that's bullshit jobs. This is literal horseshit job. This is horseshit jobs, yeah. yeah. So you David feel Graeber's horseshit jobs. Everyone, yeah, <laughs> about meaningful jobs. Because everyone... <laughs> yeah, it does help. Everyone I know who's got an allotment... <laughs> It's always talking about, oh, I really wish I was more manure. I want fertilizer. They want mm. horse shit. Yeah. They probably, maybe you wouldn't even have to pay people to do it. People who have allotments, people or farmers would do it. Would just yeah. want it. And there'd be so David much. David Cameron's it. big society. We're yeah. all just grabbing Ooh, the shit off go, the roads. I've got to go to Aldi to get a £4.50 bag of compost. No, you don't. A horse has shat outside your house. Yeah. You see Done. a bunch of horses. Yeah. A bunch of boy racers taking their horses around the corner at speed and they're shitting everywhere and you're going, oh, quid's in. Yeah, any more disadvantages? You're stuck, aren't you? Oh, that was going to be the main one. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I guess you, there's probably going to be loads of industries that come back, right? The, the, the horseshoe guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, horse food guys. Farmers. <laughs> These are all different guys. Farmers pick up carrots. I'm talking about a horseshoe guy. I think it would be a much nicer vibe. You know, the sort of frightening um, machines they have by garages <laughs> that are like car wash machines and it's like a robot. Yeah. I think mm. you would have to, you, I don't think you could put a horse through one of them. I think it would bloody hate it. A horse wouldn't it. take it, yeah. Car wash, like power wash, horrible. But brushing a horse, as long as you know what you're doing, you know, be I safe. Think people, I think and people would love to do it. Yeah, but if you reconnect with nature. At least this particular part of it, yeah. the horse bit. 
The horse, yeah, reconnect with horses. <laughs> reconnect with horse culture. And people love washing now. People, people love um, power wash simulator. It's mindfulness. You could say, yeah, it's, it's mindful. It's self-care to clean a horse for minimum wage. I also think, because a horse <laughs> is a being, because a horse is like, has got That's like the best a bit, isn't it? That's the best bit. That's so, the best bit. You know, bit. people are like attaching all these value to cars of like, oh, I like my cars. Yeah. But, but, no, but you like horse, your horse has, has got, you'd actually have to have a relationship with your horse. And like, it's going to have a personality. I, I like the idea of a skittish horse. <laughs> yeah, I've got a spooked horse. You can't have a skittish Volvo. Well, people would actually say that's a benefit well, yeah. of the Volvo. <laughs> no, again, no. again, what yeah, are you on about? You scared my this Volvo and it's left. <laughs> this my is Volvo's bolted. Yeah. <laughs> I do like, because people are always, they personify their cars all the time. Mm. We, we got Knight Rider, we've got Pixar's cars. People love to think about the sentient car. Mate, that is called a horse. Well, I just, I think it's strange because I see people, if you talk about urban design, people go like, oh, look at this photo from 1902 of without cars, the streets were much nicer. But there's still these streets, so why have they built the streets? They built the streets wide for horses and horses and carriages and such. And yeah. no one's, I feel like no one apart from me right now <laughs> is emphasizing return to horse. They've missed that bit. And you'd need, you know, you'd need the pavements to be wider for parking your horse. I, and also just a horse. I know a horse can go fast and a horse can absolutely trample someone to death. A car can do that as a well. A car right? can do that much Better. worse. A horse can't yeah. go 70 mile an hour mm. and also is has much less environmental impact. And mm. I think you could make it so you could take your horse on the train and then you get best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The horse carriage. Yeah, the horse carriage. It's that integration of public transport and individual transport, right? So it's like yeah. the equivalent of, oh, I want to take my car into the city. Well, yeah, just use some sort of park and ride thing. But you couldn't, you could, it would be mad to take a car onto a train. But horse, yeah. perfect. It is the ideal middle ground between bike and car. Exactly. It's, I, it's even better than a bike. And the bike, oh, what's that you're putting on it? Putting some fucking oil. Where did, yes. Where's that come from? Oh, boo-hoo, mate, has your chain come off? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> My horse doesn't have a chain. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love also to see teens doing, like, the driving test, the horse driving test, hazard perception test. Mm, that would be really good. And then when, when, as soon as they get their licence, they're making the horse do a wheelie. <laughs> which I guess is called less. rearing up. <laughs> <laughs> But again, you know, like some lads hooning around at like 2 a.m. Room, that's that's annoying. But like mm. clippity clop, clippity clop, clippity clop, clippity clop. Clippity clop. Sounds, sounds like vibes. a train, right? It's got this sounds like a comforting. It's like it's like a train. All the best mm. vehicles make this calming, put a baby to sleep style mm. regular rhythm. Chugga 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 chugga, and then there's clippity clop, clippity clop. Mm. Really good. Yeah, it's nice. Real nice stuff. Much easier as well to think about um, how powerful your horse is than a car. Or oh, what's what, that's ninety-seven horsepower. What about that? Yeah, one, one. Well, no, <laughs> because not yeah, all, all horses are the same. That, yeah. yeah, well, horses aren't as strong as it's not even. I wouldn't even call it complex. Just horses aren't as strong yeah. as each other. What's the horse? What's the the horsepower horse? You know, like there's the kilogram that they keep somewhere. Someone in Paris has got the kilogram. What's yeah, but the, the horse? Well, it's dead, sure, isn't it? The dead, original, yeah, actually, yeah. yeah, that horse has died. Well, how do they so know? we'll never then? know. There's probably a ye olde description of how powerful that horse was. Mm. 
just a kind of like Victorian scrawling of, I observed my horse one day. It is mild of manner. It is calm of mood and it can drag around three bags of grain for one mile before it tires and it refuses to listen to my orders. That is the horse. And sadly, we will all miss her. <laughs> MOTs, garages. You know when someone's like, oh, your differential's gone. It's going to be a thousand pounds. You can see what's wrong with the horse. Guy, if the guy says, this horse's leg is fucked. Yeah. Like, I can see that. This horse is currently too pregnant to ride. <laughs> <laughs> That's another you thing. You shouldn't I'll ride you the what, horse car, when it's this far into term. <laughs> car can't give you another horse, a car. Car can't give birth to a car. You know, that's true, actually, because once you've got, <laughs> you, once your family's got a couple of horses, conceivably, as long as you can sort of also build a, a ranch and places <laughs> to, to rear this horse. And <laughs> no, each street's got a stable, so you don't need your own thing. You don't need your own thing. Yeah, you take it to the local, because obviously we're going to get rid of all the garages. Yeah, so you exactly. just take it down to the local stable uh-huh. and say, I'll pick this up again in three years. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're the street. foal for three years. Each street has its own... Uh, yeah, that'll cost you three grand. <laughs> instead of car parts, you've got a nice meadow. And, it, and it, each each street has a uh, a stable instead of... Because you can't just keep it tied outside your house, it'll get cold. Well, it'll get cold in the meadow. The meadow's not warm. Well, yes, different. They're different. You know, it's not. It's, uh, did you hear me say stable after that? <laughs> yeah, you covered your back. <laughs> also, there's little jumpers. You've never seen them jumpers they put on horses. That's true. I don't nice. like animals yeah. in clothes. I don't like animals in clothes. Well, even if they're cold, even if they're chilly. They're designed for it. They're made for that. What are you designed That's for? Indoors, house, jumper on. You're designed for that. <laughs> I'm designed for duvet and a hat. <laughs> Horse, you Repli- in? Yeah, replace me with a horse. <laughs> <laughs> You'd get more done. <laughs> Did you know that in the United Kingdom, it is against the law to make the law. a... The law? You know the law? Mm, no. You heard of this? What are you, a freeman of the land? There's a, there's a <laughs> law that will apply to you and everyone else. Oh, right. Whether you like it or not, yeah. Oh, shit. Fuck. You have to swim... Swim a couple of miles out and you're good. Mm. Hop into sea land and you can do what you like. Shoot a gun, play a card. Is, does this mean Judge Dredd's real as well? Uh, he's, he's real in... Judge Dredd's a concept. You can think about right. Judge Dredd. Okay, That's but Judge real. Dredd's not going to come for me. Uh, Judge Dredd will not come for you, no. Just needed to check. No, it's always good to know. What's the law saying? In the United Kingdom, it is illegal to make a motorway services too exciting. <laughs> in case people want to move there. In case people want to visit it. Right. Because it should only be a transient experience. 100%. And so um, there haven't been any like massive fines handed down, but there was a motorway services that um, held like a 50th birthday event. Mm. And it was considered too exciting because people might go. Police go in. The police didn't go in. I think they were just fined. Oh, right. Okay. What's all this? What's all this? People are having fun. No, you're supposed to have. This is against the law. You're in here for the lose. Then you get an overpriced M&S sandwich and then you're out. <laughs> because they don't want people clogging up the motorways mm. just to go to the services. That's why you couldn't put like a cinema in there or you couldn't put in a line dancing event. Yeah. Because people would be like, I guess we'll have to go on the motorway so we can line dance with our friends. I, at Lancaster services, I saw a shit in a urinal. Okay, that's really bad. But how, how and why, do you know what I mean? Like how, how, 
how it was a hard shit. So how is someone shat in a urinal? When you say hard shit, are we talking Bristol steel chart stuff? <laughs> yeah, like a solid shit in a urinal. That is, yeah. I think of services, I think that haunts me. It could be someone very drunk. But there is a, there are toilets. There's like a, there's like yeah, but the toilets 15, are, you know, it wasn't busy. I mean, I've not, I don't know the toilets you're talking about, but normally the urinal Lancaster services. Well, I don't know. I'm not you going go there. In, and I haven't you go been in. There. On the left-hand side, there's a wall of urinals. On the right-hand side, there's a wall of toilet cubicles. Uh huh. Like as many as each other. But what if and you, they've what shat if, in the middle urinal? Did they do it in the urinal? Did they do it in a cubicle? Pick it up and put it in the urinal. How did it get there? I think someone could have had the poo on them. And they came here to deposit it. And they just panicked. They didn't deposit it. They in panicked. It. Okay, yeah. They so panicked, they've, yeah. They've shat in their hand somewhere. Yeah, they shat on the road. <laughs> Why wouldn't you just leave it, though? What, on the road? It'll attract mice, and then the mice will get run over. Mice want human shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> Is it just flies that eat shit? Flies. <laughs> I don't know. If, do they eat the shit? What's a dung beetle doing with shit? Rolling it. I think it's for but living where, in. What, do they lay eggs in it or something? Yeah, and live okay. in it. They roll it into an orb and they live in it. Motorway services, <laughs> boring. By yeah. law. I'm By sorry. law, you can't make them interesting. If you've ever had fun there, you're in kind of a legal grey area. I've never had fun at services. Yeah, and they've done a remarkable job of making mm. them be like that. What about T-Bay? It's got a pond, it's got ducks. But you wouldn't go for the pond or no, ducks. No, it's no, this weird threshold of like, you've got to walk around it and be like, would I come here for this? And you have to be like, no, no. a tick. Green badge of approval. Yeah, this place true. sucks. But don't they just inevitably suck? Could you, if you were to design a pleasant services, I don't think you could. It would, once it becomes pleasant, it almost stops being a motorway service station. Oh, a motorway service station is one just by virtue of being on the side of the motorway and offering food and fuel. You could make it lovely if you put your mind to it. Uh -huh. You could turn it into Go some on. kind of Victorian folly. It could have uh, a hedge maze. It could have a little hermit who lives in there. It could have um, puzzles, it could have LARPing, it could have bingo tournament, it could have a very friendly um, CEO who's always laughing and you can never find him. I'm coming up with ideas. <laughs> Left, right and centre, it's easy. Like puzzles and, and mysteries. I'm thinking, what would I go yeah, to? Yeah, 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 I like it. I want to go to a little grove, you know, full of mysterious little guys. Mm. And one enemy. I would make the two services an enemy. Because, you know, like sometimes there's a service on one side and a service on the other side. Mm. I would create law where they're perhaps at war with one another. Yeah, and you as the customer mm. can, like, go to one to help it or you can go to the other one to hurt it. You yeah, can see them yeah, both yeah. how well they're each doing. And there's a chance one of them can win. And then you come back the other time, the other one's just a crater to smoke it. Yeah. They're really just a smokestack. <laughs> and all the employees who used to work there just crying outside. And then all the people southbound on the M1 are fuming because they can't go to the toilet. <laughs> yeah, because someone's finally claw. won the war. I've got to shit myself <laughs> and then leave that in a urinal. <laughs> oh shit, now I've got to leave that in the edit. <laughs> Mandatory Redistribution Party was created and produced by Sean Morley and Jack Lewis Evans. The title theme was created by Ella Jean with additional music in this episode from Sean Morley. Thank you so much for listening and special thanks to those of you who support our work by sharing this episode on social media or supporting us at patreon.com slash mandatory redistribution party where you can find extra stuff. Hope you're doing okay, friends. Stay safe out there.